I'm here with uh, Leslie Knoft, who is with CAST. We just did a Life on the Rock with her. And I wanted to ask you, Leslie, more about your own personal journey and how you got motivated to want to go to Rome to study. And uh, tell us about that, beginning with your family. Yeah, so when I was seven years old, my family entered the church together. And um, I was baptized and confirmed and received my first communion when I was seven. And um, was my family went to church together on Sundays, um, but we I didn't really know much about the faith until I went to college. Um, and in college is when I got involved with Focus. And um, that's when I was really offered kind of, the, honestly, both intellectually the beauty of faith and also just the tradi- tradition and orthodoxy of it. Um, and when it really became attractive and something that I was like, wow, like, and, and I think that's really when I encountered, like, it's when I encountered Christ um, and when it kind of changed my whole life. Uh, well, let me ask you quickly about your parents. What made them want to convert? And, and was there some particular gift maybe that they had that they gave to you that that helped you? Yeah. So it's a really cute story, actually. My parents at first really just wanted to, um, they thought religion was important and they weren't really involved with any church. Um, but separately from that, they wanted us to go to private schools. And so um, we went to a Catholic school specifically because our neighbors said that they wouldn't try and convert us because it was a Catholic school, but not that Catholic. (laughs) And so we went there and when my brother was in second grade, he wanted to receive his first communion with the rest of his class. And so my parents looked into the Catholic faith and went through RCIA. And that's actually why we entered the church. Yeah. But I think um, my parents have just, I love my parents. They're great. Um, And I think in terms of the faith, they've just always been people that encourage you to go go wholeheartedly in what mm. in what you want to do and so they were always supportive of me getting into the faith and going on retreats and mission trips and stuff like that um and so just their encouragement of it is something that i'm very very grateful for so you had folk you go to university of kentucky lexington they had focus there and you had this encounter awakening what was it about the focus missionaries that what they did that really touched you yeah i think they were just very real um and i remember actually it was a specific moment to where i was kind of tired of being the good kid i was always good kid growing up i was always responsible and it was probably my first or second weekend on campus i was like you know what i just want to go to a party and like not be the good kid like nothing crazy Uh but i was just tired of it and um but before that weekend i had um i had lunch with one of the focus missionaries because they were just cool normal people like oh hey do you want to go get coffee it's like sure and just in that conversation um I don't really remember the conversation in particular but they were just speaking about the faith and like they were sharing their love for the faith um and pretty much then invited me to be like hey like how about you entering into your faith more seriously? And it was kind of like, you know, I was going to go to a party this weekend. And now, and now there's this other option being offered. And it was like, okay, well, like, I really like them. So I'll keep hanging out with them. And just as they shared their love for the faith, it just caught fire in my own heart. And did they see you at mass or something? Yeah, they did. So they saw me at mass. I did all of the, <laughs> I did all of the intro, like welcome to college things at the mm-hmm. Newman Center because my faith was important to me. Um, and so I went and I just, I didn't know she was a missionary, but I just walked up to one of the girls and was like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm Leslie. I'm new to campus. And she's like, Oh, I'm actually a missionary here. It's like, Oh, okay. Doing what? Because my association with missionaries was like, 
in other countries or like working with the poor. And so um, that was just intriguing to me in general that someone would be dedicating their life to going to college mission, like college campuses and like evangelizing to college students. And then you were part of Totus Tuus during college. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Totus Tuus is an awesome program. I did it in Chicago, but I spent nine weeks um, hosting a, we like to say, a vacation Bible school on steroids. It's Mm. super awesome (laughs) Um, for kids, and then also an evening program for teens. Um, And you, you, it's college-age students, two men and two women, um, and you form this awesome bond, and you travel around, and you stay with tons of different families, and you're just constantly witnessing to the faith, but what really struck me about Totus Tuus is that it was the first time that I um, realized my unique call as Leslie Knopf um, to have a relationship with the Lord that I can only have with him. Um, and it was the first time I like really saw myself as a daughter of God and how radical that was. Because I remember just going, I was with my roommate at training and looked into the mirror and I looked at her and I was like, Megan, do I look different to you? And she was like, what do you mean? But like, I just, I saw myself in a different way because I recognized like, as a daughter of God, like I relate to him in a way that no one else does. Right. And he desires something for me that he doesn't desire for anyone else, like right. as in a particular mission with my life. Well, tell us, I think we all want that moment. Tell us more about that moment. How did that happen? That happened during the training. Yeah. Is it something they said or something you saw, something you ate, something you... <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. So I was actually, I was kind of gross and sweaty because we had just been playing like ultimate Frisbee outside. Um, and I, I don't think I'd ever experienced that much joy before because I was living my life in that summer and like in those moments of training, just like completely for the Lord. It's like, I'm just here for him. Um, and whatever he wants me to do, like, awesome. Like I have all the freedom to do that. Um, And so, and there was just so much joy and, but like, I didn't have to be anyone who I wasn't. Like I was just doing my own thing and following the Lord's will. And, and there was just like, it was just grace. There was just like this deep infusion of joy, um, and kind of recognizing that like that, um, that's the beauty of being a child of God, um, is that you, you don't actually have to be anyone else. Um, like he created you as you for a particular reason. And all we have to do is live that out. So. Well, what about the cultural message that we got to do, achieve success, have lots of followers on Instagram? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And honestly, that's something I I constantly battle against. I'm definitely one of those people who likes to overachieve. Um, And so that that was something that actually my time in Rome really broke down for me because you go to a new culture, you can't communicate because you can't speak the language. So everyone is talking to you as if you are three years old. (laughs) And it was the first time in my life that I actually really um, like faced actual possibility of failing. And so when I couldn't find my identity in succeeding, um, I had to find it in something else. And although I had that, that realization of being a daughter in God and all that all that meant um with totus to us um i still was in an atmosphere to where like i was driven by achieving things which isn't bad you know mm-hmm. like excellence is a great thing and mm-hmm. being successful is good um but it has to be with the right intention and the right reasons mm-hmm. um so 
with our culture, that is really hard because it just keeps telling you, you are important if you have, if you're successful in your career, um, or if you're successful in school. Um, and I think for me, failing and facing failure was actually a really good reality check of like, okay, like actually if I fail academically, like, okay, get up and try again. But like that actually has no bearing on like my significance as a person. Um, and so, but I don't think I necessarily would have realized that if I hadn't have been challenged and faced failure. Um, because otherwise I have this notion that I'm the one who's succeeding. Um, and I don't need any other support other than myself, which is totally false. (laughs) And was there someone over there in Rome that helped you or, or helped you along that journey? Yeah, I, you know, um, my colleague, Cecilia O'Reilly, she, we went through the whole program together and, um, I think just having someone who she's my age, just going through that experience together, um, and just kind of being able to like suffer through a really difficult situation with someone. Um, she's an incredible person and very inspiring. Um, and so whenever I was having a hard time, I would be able to talk to her and just like, we would be able to build a community that really helped each other focus on what was actually important. And then two, um, I basically lived in church world for three years because I was surrounded by tons of priests, tons of seminarians, tons of religious, um, that actually just really challenged me to like, what kind of paradigm was I looking at the world? You know, because whenever I would be like, Oh yeah, like I want to get this cool internship opportunity or whatever, whatever the next conversation I would have would be about, um, you know, glorifying the Lord through your homework or glorifying the Lord through all these small things when you're washing the dishes or stuff like that. Um, and so it was just kind of like a, Oh yeah, what am I living for? Like, am I living to glorify him or am I living to glorify myself? Um, so I think even just being in that atmosphere, but my, my colleague Cecilia, and then also the founder of cast father, George Elliott has had a huge influence, um, and kind of just always keeping perspective on, really having an eternal world view, um, both inside and outside of work. So, and I know as I would imagine part of your training, you know, as communications made you kind of train you, you told us on the show, I think to like to maybe to work in a diocese and to be able to handle contentious issues and stuff. I'd like to ask you as, you know, a successful young woman, an American, how would you explain like an all-male priesthood to this culture? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) I actually did um, a video on that in school. Um, But I think, okay, it partially goes back to the whole, like where you find your worth and dignity in terms of like, for me, I have, I love everything the church teaches. And so number one, I trust that she knows better than I do in what Jesus instituted. Like, even if I don't understand it is, is right. Um, so that's number one, but I think in terms of, it's hard to, it's hard to like try and justify it to society who doesn't think like you. Um, so for me, whenever I'm trying to explain it to other people, um, it's not even like, Oh, here are all the theological reasons that I like, that's not going to resonate with anyone. Um, but we have this weird notion in our world today that like equality means sameness. Mm-hmm. That like, if I can't do the same thing as you, then you don't see me as equal. And that's not right at all. That's kind of, that's finding your dignity and your worth on what other people tell you can and can't do. Um, and so for me, in terms of the all male priesthood, um, 
it's like, I'm not threatened by that at all. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't affect, um, how the Lord sees me. Um, because if he wanted me to be a priest, then I would not be a woman in who I am today, you know? Um, so, but it's, it's hard. I think, that, I think that's an important point too, because it, it's like sort of the radical feminism today. It seemed like to me, it's kind of like an imitation of masculinity. And it's like you're diminishing your femininity. You're not living in your gifts. No, I totally agree. I think radical feminism today is trying to deny everything that women are, which I find insulting. You know, I don't, I'm not a man and I don't want people to treat me like one and I don't want people to think that I am one. Um, I think, and that's why I think the church is teaching, um, like, and like respect for women is so beautiful because it's saying, Hey, I recognize you as a woman and you are different than a man. And that's actually like huge and like lovable and wonderful. And like to try and enhance that as opposed to try and like squash it down. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I find so much freedom in like the respect that the church shows for women because it's actually, it's recognizing me as who I am, not, not anything else, but I would imagine, too, like being around all the priests, seminarians, I think overall, I think, you know, it's a good witness of masculinity. I mean, in my own story, vocation story, I was never drawn to the priesthood like growing up, didn't want to be, but I, you know, I felt the call. And and one of the things that helped me to answer it was all the priests I would meet here at EWTN. We used to have a lot of priests just coming through, and I realized I like them. They're they're happy. They're funny. They're good socially. They're kind. They're fatherly, and um, it really helped me to be attracted to the vocation. I would think that hopefully would help like a young woman just in her view of masculinity and femininity. Yeah. No, definitely. It's funny. I actually um, I was thinking about writing an article about this. I think I grew to understand more about my femininity when I went to school with all priests than I have in any other part in my life. And I went to like an all girls high school too. Um, (laughs) So, you know, whatever that's saying. Um, But because there is like um, being in a couple different thoughts here, but one, it's like being in a room full of like all men. Mm -hmm. It's like, I realize I am very different. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, all, all of the priests I went to school with were so respectful Mm -hmm. and so caring and fatherly or brotherly Mm -hmm. that, um, they really valued my femininity. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm very different than you, but like, that's actually what you want to cherish and protect in me. Um, so, and I haven't really processed through all of that, but yeah, I was like, I've never felt so much, like recognized my like femininity more than when I was just with, yeah. with priest all the time, because it's like, I'm just valued for who I am, you know, yeah. uh, which is great. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like at a seminary, you don't have this great feminine presence and I mean, you have like maybe some professors or something, but yeah, I saw that too. There is like, you know, we welcome that, you know, it's kind of a refreshing thing, you know, to have some, kind of light, lightness or joy, laughter and stuff. And uh, that's a great, a great story. You know, what else? Well, let's talk a little bit more I, about Santa Croce. You're at Holy Cross, Pontifical University, tough program, three years. A great opportunity to be, you know, in the heart of, like, Catholicism in one sense, institutional church. What were your observations there? What what what's that kind of a lifetime takeaway being in Rome and yeah. being at one of these colleges? 
Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things. Number one, it really hit home that um, the church is sustained by the Holy Spirit. Because, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, like it can't be just the hierarchy. Because in all reality, like you do, you are disheartened by things. Um, and it's stuff that we see on the news and it's the politics that you hear in the Vatican. Like that stuff is real. And you do encounter that very concretely when you're there and when you work on projects with the Vatican and all that sort of stuff. But as opposed to being disheartened by it, it's for me, it was actually very encouraging because it's like, yeah, the Lord is running the ship. Um, and, and it's always going to be okay because he's in charge. Um, so I think especially wanting to work in the church, that was just a really good reality check to have. Um, because you're always going to meet people who kind of let you down because you think they're supposed to be super, super holy or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but you're not discouraged when you encounter that that's not the reality Mm -hmm. because that's also not who you're serving. Um, so that was one thing, but also just the universality of the church really touched me. Um, because I went to a school that was very international. We had guys from Poland, Africa, South America, Central America, the U S. Um, and everyone had this deep love for the faith and it was the same faith. Mm. Um, and that was very powerful because, um, I think it it shows to um, it gave me a better perspective on just the immensity of the faith, both like concretely within the world, but also expanding beyond that, like the supernatural sense of the faith, um, and seeing everyone live it out with kind of a different flair, um, which is really beautiful too. But at the heart of everything, it's the same. Like the mass is the same. Readings are the same. Um, but there are different spiritualities that I think offer this richness, uh, from different parts of the world. Yeah. And that, um, I got, I went to the close for the year for priests. I think it was like, oh, eight, Father Miguel and I went. And, um, and at the end of it, we went on a little pilgrimage tour like five days or something and around Italy and we traveled with 50 other priests from all over some of them didn't speak English and it was a just a great experience because I guess when those differences of language and culture kind of the sameness of Catholicism stands out you know a little more eminently and uh, it's a great experience in fact on that trip I remember when Pope Benedict was going through the crowd of priests I think there was like Fifteen twenty thousand 20,000 priests in St. Peter's Square, and they had this big group from Africa, and he's in the Pope Mobile, and he's like scanning the crowd, and I remember when he, when he looked over and waved at these Africans, uh, priests, his face just lit up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that, you know, Africa is such a powerful, I mean, that's the future of the church, yeah. Africa, Southeast Asia, yeah. and uh, they had all this exuberance and their own gift and strength, and uh, and it was just great to see that. So that, that's a great experience. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, too, about uh, back going back to Kentucky a second. <laughs> we don't have to get into the details, but there was some contention in the Catholic Student Center. And what I like about that, like, like you're growing in your faith, and yet you have kind of a struggle, a battle there. Yeah. Is that helpful or does that mark your whole life or (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I'm scarred forever no um it was really good because I think um there was some tension there and just like on differences of of um orthodoxy or whatever but I actually wouldn't trade that experience for anything um because it taught me like 
a deeper sense of charity, number one, because you're not always going to agree with people. Um, and you learn what preferences are really quickly and what is like non-negotiable, what is, what isn't. Um, but also just to love the people that you don't agree with, um, or that you have a difference of opinions on, um, and genuinely love them, not just tolerate them, but actually say like, okay, this isn't going to define our relationship. But at the same time, in terms of the faith, I really had to learn the faith and like why the church taught what she taught to be able to defend it. Um, and I think that had a huge effect on me because all of a sudden it wasn't just like reciting, oh, the church says this. Um, but it was, it was, why does the church say this? And I think in the why is where so much richness is because I have to really understand it and take it to heart to be able to justify my opinion or my preference on something. Um, so I think it's very formative because it, it made me learn my faith in order to know like what is right and what's not and all that sort of stuff. Now your work in uh, social media, um, I'd like to hear your kind of comment on this today. You know, we hear people talking about today, um, you know, this, this great emphasis on image mm -hmm. and, you know, we photograph all this stuff of our life and it, you know, we can be our own celebrity or kind of rock star and it can be damaging, I think, to a healthy personality. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes about women too, that you know, just such an emphasis on looks mm -hmm. and objectifying women sexually and all this kind of stuff, there's a lot of damage being done. How do we navigate that? Yeah, no, it's true. There is a lot of damage being done. And I think even like, aside from image in terms of like physical image, but I think I heard a homily the other day, it might've been Father Mike Schmitz, but um, saying how we, we tend to value life in terms of experience. And that's what we're trying to capture on social media is experience um, and saying like, I'm a cool person because I do all of these things. And I think it actually touches back on what you said in the beginning, not necessarily in terms of success um, in accomplishing things, but having saying that my life, I have cool experiences and you start focusing, um, your main concern becomes how other people are perceiving you mm -hmm. through social media. Um, how, how to deal with that is a great question. Um, and I think part of it is just changing your mindset on how you go about social media. It's like, are you doing it to build yourself up or are you doing it to share a message of truth and beauty? Whether that be like actually talking about the faith all the time or whether it's just like trying to like share positive stories, you know, right. is it a me centered thing or is it a, I want to share truth and goodness with other people thing? Um, because it's definitely a danger that I think everyone kind of falls into in some, some form or fashion. But, and sometimes I wonder too about the travel aspect. I mean, I, I don't like traveling, but I like to get to the other place and, uh, and it is. I mean, it just ignites your senses, especially like the first time you go to a place. Yeah. You know, it's just. And but I, I feel like I meet more and more young people, and I, I know it's always been true. You know, hitchhiking in Europe or whatever. But I don't know. I just feel like, in my observation, I meet more and more people that are. They say that I just want to travel. You know, and I wonder sometimes if that is kind of playing into this experience. You know, I put yeah. that in my experience log or something. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it is when I think too, because you're just surrounded by everyone else having these cool experiences mm -hmm. traveling. I think for me, at least it seems really common that people are doing study abroads or mm -hmm. they're doing some cool whatever. Um, and I think it definitely does play to the experience. Um, I also think, and, the, and maybe this is more speaking, well, I don't know, but, um, 
I also think it shows how much people are actively searching for something more because they want to experience like the beauty of the world or something historical or that like they're essentially searching for something that's greater than their everyday experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that also just plays to um, the human heart always searching for more um, and not necessarily knowing where to find it. I know I also love traveling, but I've been blessed to be able to do a ton of it. Um, for me, I like... I don't know what it is about traveling, but I always feel closer with the Lord. Like when I'm traveling, like even if it's not a retreat experience or pilgrimage, there's just something about like seeing his creation that always kind of evokes this closeness with him. Um, but I told myself when I moved to Italy that whenever I saw a new place, I couldn't take a picture the first time I was there. Mm-hmm. I just had to experience it. And then if I go back someday, I can take a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but because otherwise I was putting the focus on like, oh, look at what I'm seeing and look at what I'm doing, as opposed to actually just soaking in the experience myself. Um, and I think that that is a tendency with traveling in general. Yeah, I remember being in Rome one time. I, I don't remember what event, if it was the canonization or something, but I was interviewing a lot of young people, and some of them were study abroad, like Christendom's College's campus over there. And, all this. and I remember I really came to value their experiences. There's something about the first time you go to a place and what you observe. And it was fascinating to me to, to hear their experiences. In fact, I remember one guy, I thought, I, I just I quoted this for the longest time. We were... This was actually for Benedict's when he was elected, and we were interviewing these young people, and he made the comment. He said he was, he was said it was so fascinating to see, like CNN and all the titans of media at one end of the square, with cameras, satellite dishes, all this kind of stuff, all focused on a smokestack, a little chimney. You know? <laughs> right. It was like this fascination with tradition yeah. you know, by the secular culture, but. Um, yeah, it does stimulate you to, to see all these new things. And um, one last question. Um, we preach a lot, you know, on marriage, and it's a great concern of everybody about, you know, is our culture fostering marriage? And social media, I think like a quarter of marriages now, uh, they met online. Hmm. And what do you see in that? Do you feel that in the culture? It's like it's harder to meet people, harder to stay together. Um, Do you see that? Yeah, I would say in terms of from myself and the other Catholics I know, it is really hard to meet faithful Catholics. Um, And online does facilitate that a lot. Um, I know a lot of my friends have met through Catholic Match, um, and it's like they desire that person-to-person encounter, but it's so hard to do that in person. Um, Or Catholic communities are really small um, to start with, and then eventually you meet other people. Um, I think social media can definitely encourage encounter. Um, I'm, I personally have never been one to do online dating. <laughs> it's just not my style, but yeah, I'm old school. Um, but at the same time, I do see that's just like one of the ways that I think social media can actually be a very good tool, um, that the church has kind of, or church institutions have recognized like, Hey, this yeah. can actually connect people in this way. So let's, let's do it. Um, so yeah. And two, it's, although I, th- well, 
I think you can go back to to kind of the danger kind of with traveling and looking at experience. There's this fixation of trying to show that you have the perfect relationship or that like, and I think that's a temptation aside from meeting people and all that sort of stuff that social media kind of enters into. But just like anything, it's a tool um, that can be used for the good or not for the good. Um, But I think it definitely has a great potential in that area to facilitate that. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us. Yeah, thanks for having me.